0: Today's scripture reading is taken from two books, rather. So the first scripture reading is from Exodus, and the second is from Hebrews, so just uh, be aware of that. So uh, Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11. Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord Lord your God. In it, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And next, the second and final is from Hebrews. If you go to Hebrews and you turn to chapter four, verses six to 11. Hebrews chapter four, verses six to 11. It says, therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience, he again, fixes a certain day today saying true David after so long a time just has been just as has been said before today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts for if Joshua had given them rest he would not have spoken of another day after that so there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. This is the word of God.
1: good morning Church shall we look to the Lord in prayer Our gracious handy father Lord thank you Lord for this sweet time of fellowship that you have given us Lord uh, time uh, to remember time to have fellowship and time to take rest uh, for our body for our uh, spiritual needs as well Lord we ask that uh, you help us to uh, learn from today's scripture that we are meditating Lord Uh, cover me uh, cover me so that what you have in store for the church I'll be able to speak Lord and it it may be edifying for every one of us Lord help us to have a heart which is open to learn so that we'll be able to listen to your word and implement in our lives I once again commit all of us into your hands I ask this prayer name for Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Uh, thank you Abraham for uh, reading the scripture and I think uh, seeing the video some of us are still nostalgic about the camp, about the good time we had uh, but and, and I think we were following a series before the camp on Ten Commandments, we had, uh, if you were able to attend the camp last week with us or if you were able to join uh, in the camp, we had a, a special message there on being fruitful and today we I didn't the next slide Uh, we are faced with several things in our lives and uh, often often, uh, we don't have time for rest and and if you are working in Delhi if you're working in corporates or if you are even working in any places I think these are some of the terms that you get to hear a lot Uh, we talk about being burnout uh, we talk about feeling stressful, drained is a word that uh, I, often, I often hear in my office, time out, I want time out, I'm exhausted, I'm tired. And interestingly, God, very uh, many, many years back, or many thousands of years back, he had this idea of having a work-life balance. That's a very trendy term these days. People often talk about that when you apply for a job, the one of the questions they asked that do we have work-life balance here? How much should I work? How much should I get? A, how, how much do I rest? And things like that, but interestingly God had this in His idea when He created creation that there should be a time for rest. And He made it into a command as well that whatever uh, uh, human beings are doing there will be an allocated time that they should rest and why they should rest and how they should rest and there are several things that we'll be looking into uh today but um but uh, going into the first section of what uh, the word uh, sabbath means is the sabbath literally means uh to uh, rest and it was a sign that was given for israelites to remember that God created the heaven and the earth and then he rested on the seventh day. And it was for them to remember that whatever uh, happens in their life uh, and the first time the Sabbath is uh, mentioned is actually uh, even before the 10 commandments when God gave them manna from uh, heaven in Exodus chapter 31, uh, Exodus uh, uh, chapter 31, uh, 16. God taught, uh, uh, mentions that on the day before Sabbath, on the day before seventh day, they will get double the portion of manna because on the seventh day there will be no manna and they will have to rest. So that's the first time we hear about the word uh, Sabbath. And then comes this term uh, again in the Ten Commandments, where Moses, where God, God tells Moses that you should uh, uh, follow Sabbath and ask every Israelite to observe the uh, Sabbath. And uh, this is what the Lord, and he said, uh, if you read this chapter 16 verses where the first time the Sabbath is mentioned, it is said that, uh, I'm reading from chapter 16, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil, save whatever is left. Uh, and uh, keep it until morning because there will be no manna for the next day and it, it is also mentioned that Sabbath is a Sabbath day is a day uh, for rest for Israelites and they need to observe it as a remembrance of the sign that God had made a covenant with them and Exodus 31 says of this as the Israelites are to observe Sabbath celebrating it for generations to come as a lasting covenant it will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever, forever for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and on the seventh day he was refreshed and uh, it became a sign for them that they were observing it spiritually diligently and uh, they were following it but things change when Jesus uh, came to the world and Jesus has a very specific instructions on how to observe sabbath and how we need to follow sabbath and what it means for us if you look into Colossians 2 16 and 17 uh, it speaks very specifically about Uh, the observance of Sabbath in current context. Uh, I'm reading from Colossians 2, 16 and 17. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to religious festival, a new moon celebration or Sabbath day. These are shadows of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Since Christ has fulfilled all the necessity of Sabbath, all the requirement of Sabbath, we currently don't, observe the sabbath in terms of uh, its prescription its ritualistic prescriptions that were there in the old testament if you remember sabbath was so uh, so important in
2: old testament that Everyone ought to rest on the seventh
1: thing. <laughs> After every six, yes yes uh, you cultivate whatever you want but on the seventh year you don't cultivate because the land has to have a rest and god was not only concerned to have rest for his people but also the ecology or ecosystem that he has created everything should have a rest and that's why rest was very important uh, for god and if you read Ezra i think some of us were
2: The rest to the land
1: As I had given the outline in the years. Uh, Today we will be looking into three eyes, uh, three uh, eyes, the first one is what is God's intention for perfect rest? What is, second is what's God's instruction for perfect rest? And the last is what's God's invitation for uh, perfect rest? And if you could go to the next slide, God's intention for perfect life, uh, perfect rest is twofold. The first one is, He wants us to have physical rest. Uh, We are made in the image of God, isn't it? We are a body, we are created in the image of God. But as soon as sin entered us, uh, we are no more, uh, uh, we are no longer uh, uh, immortal, or we don't, we have, we do get tired. We get, we get, our bodies get tired, we feel weak. And that's why the reason that's important that we have rest for our, our body. God placed a curse on Adam saying that you will have to toil for your work, you'll have to work for your food and that meant that he will also get tired uh, about uh, with the work and god didn't want to be uh, to have our bodies as such that without rest it will keep on functioning i think doctors often advise patients any disease or sickness that you rest take your hand rest if it's swollen and rest is a quite important aspect in our life We rest, we are and refresh ourselves and reflect on things that are important. So not uh, not going with the flow, or not going to peace uh, in, a, in a very busy world, doing everything at uh, at the time as it comes and going with the flow. But uh, God's word for the Christians is that we need to rest and reflect. So as we are the image of God, we need to rest second we are a temple of god bible says that we are we, we are also a temple of god it's not, it's not that we are the owners of our body we are the temple of our body but it is also a temple of god and god expects his temple to be clean to be pure to be of good condition and it's that's why it's important that we have to rest give physical rest to our body And uh, the second aspect of this, uh, what is the God's intention for having a perfect rest, is uh, found uh, in the first chapter of uh, Bible, where uh, God uh, says to Adam uh, to have fellowship with him. Adam was created on the which day? Sixth sixth day, isn't it? The second half of the sixth day. So the first day for Adam uh, was the day when God rested. So the first day for Adam was the day when God rested and there was nothing, no activity going on as such. And God wanted to have that time of fellowship. And it's important that as we also rest, or we don't just rest physically, but we prioritize God's, uh, reflecting on God's uh, uh, God's cre- uh, God's character, on his attributes and on his uh, on his intervention in our lives as we rest and that's the second thing that he expects his intention for creating a rest is that not only to physically sleep or to rest or cherish that uh, uh, moment but also to worship him god says that it is not only to uh, he, he says in mark uh, uh, 2 27 that man was not uh, made for the sabbath but sabbath was Uh, made for the man. And there are two very uh, uh, particular incidents. Chapter uh, 11, Matthew chapter 12. And it talks about, uh, uh, if you have an an NIV Bible, it talks about Jesus being the Lord of uh, Sabbath. And there are two incidents, I'll quickly summarize this incident. One is the disciples of Jesus were plucking grains from a field and eating it. And the Pharisees were uh, concerned that they were not following Sabbath. And uh, that's where uh, Jesus talks about it in verses 7. He says that, I desire mercy, not sacrifices. You not have con- condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is the Lord of Sabbath. God says that he's concerned about Uh, He's not concerned about whether you are working or not working on Sabbath, but he's concerned about the place. The, The command is to be taken in the Spirit uh not not in a in a sense that it's literally t- it uh, it's not to be followed literally that's what he says here the second incidence where uh, what it is uh, written here uh, is uh, the pharisees then ask him whether uh, like if uh, jesus heals uh, jesus is about to heal a person with shriveled hands and the pharisees are very skeptic or very concerned that he's going to do a healing on a sabbath and that's where uh, jesus in verses 12 matthew 12 12 he says How much more valuable is a person than sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on Sabbath. And 13, he goes on to heal. Stretch out your hand, he says, and the man gets healed. But if you see the verses 14, that there it says, but the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. They were very so ritualistic and legalistic about this command that they were... Uh, not even concerned that a person was healed on that day, but they wanted to kill Jesus because he ha- healed a person uh, on that particular, uh, particular day of Sabbath. And that's why it is important to always remember that God's intention for Sabbath is to have physical rest, second, to worship him, and to worship him and always remember that the Sabbath was made, made for the man and not the man uh, for the Sabbath. And we need to be uh, uh, not ritualistic and legalistic in this following of Sabbath, but ensure that when we worship, we are doing it with, with all of our uh, heart. The second in, uh, the second thing that we are going to see from this uh, scripture passage, uh, from the reminder of the week that we read today, that is taken from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to uh, 30. That's where Jesus gives an instruction, how you can enjoy perfect rest. We saw what was God's intention for perfect rest. God's intention was that we have physical rest And the second intention was that we spend this physical rest, not only just sleeping and doing nothing, but to worship Him uh, in true spirit and to remember His character and to admire Him for His qualities. The second is His instructions that is found uh, in in the scripture passage that we uh, read in in the reminder of the week that we read today. There it says in verse 28 and 29, Matthew 11, 28 and 29, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is uh, light." The first thing that we are going to see is that God says that, learn from me. I think that's a verse that comes in between. He says that, learn from me. I think in other places, Jesus talks about imitating him. And if we observe Jesus' life on earth, he was a life uh, full of perfect rest. I think he was sleeping in a boat when the storm was happening, isn't it? An epitome of rest. Uh, he was in complete rest. Uh, his disciples come and complain to him or some people came and told him that Herod was trying to going to kill you, he's looking for you to kill him. Jesus was not panicking or bothered. He was still in rest. Uh, he he goes to a place uh, he, did, he he uh, it said that there was a place where uh, jesus was not allowed by the spirit to uh, go because uh, herod was trying to uh, kill him but after some time he it says in the passage later that jesus visited the place, visited the place because the Spirit allowed him to go. So Jesus was in no way panicking or very restful or agitated as such when he was on earth and that's why he says that he was uh, learned from me. Jesus was not disturbed with things that disturbed, uh, that disturbed with the things of the world, but he was disturbed with few things. He was disturbed with the things that disturbed God, isn't it? Jesus was disturbed when he saw people selling in temple and making money off it he was agitated he was disturbed in a way that uh, he had to uh, uh, build a rope a cord of rope and chase the people out but things of the world uh, things like uh, which might disturb us a storm uh, people uh, saying bad about us didn't disturb jesus judas it's also said that in bible uh, we see uh, in the later part of in the gospel of Uh, John, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, we see that it's written that Judas used to cheat from the money that was uh, given, and that too didn't disturb Jesus. Jesus was not disturbed by uh, things that are tend to be uh, disturbing us, but he was disturbed with only things that were, uh, that were, that disturbs God as such. The second uh, instruction that God gives us uh, to enjoy perfect rest or to have perfect rest, is to be humble and uh, gentle uh, and if you look at, uh, look at look at it there is a very close connection between here uh, humility and rest there are a lot of things uh, that uh, that uh, that he could have said in this verse but he chose that uh, uh, learn from me to be humble and uh, gentle and i will give you uh, rest and one way to know that if i am humble is it to see if your heart is at rest you can turn with me to First Peter 5 and 6, uh, 5, chapter 5, 5 and 6, First Peter 5, 5 and 6, it talks, it talks about here, uh, a reading from NIV, it says, Likewise you younger people submit yourselves to elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of god that he may exalt you in due time uh, we as we read in romans uh, where uh, we we currently live under grace isn't it uh, for defeating sin or for uh, for overcoming sin uh, we don't work to overcome it, but we uh, trust upon the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are able to uh, overcome the sin. And it talks about here uh, that for for grace to abound, for grace to have in your life in a way that you are able to have rest in your souls, you need to be humble. It says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the uh, humble. And that is a very close connection that Jesus says that uh if you are humble, then I will uh, provide you uh, rest uh, for your uh, souls. Um, and how can we humble? There are, I think there are two things which I was, as, far as I was meditating, I was thinking that at which are the places in which we might have to be humble. I think the one of the places is when uh, there are opinions about our life, isn't it? Opinion. People give different opinions about us. One is they might criticize you or they might appreciate you. And I think in both these places, uh, it's a good test to see whether uh, we are humble in those places or not. Or not. When people criticize us, uh, maybe uh, someone says bad about you in, in front of you, or maybe you hear someone saying bad about you from someone else, uh, we sometimes feel very agitated. Uh, uh, our heart is like uh, agitated. We might feel that, uh, why is this happening to me? Uh, what uh, what is this that happening to me? And that shows that your heart is not at rest. And uh, what the Bible says is that if you are uh, if you are if you are at rest, if you are only concerned about things that concern God, that disturbs God, you might you, you will, will will reach a place where these things might not affect you. The only opinion that would matter for you or for me and for every one of us is what opinion does God have of me? And not the what opinion do people have of, uh, have of me when they criticize. The second type of opinion people might have of us is when they appreciate us. The first one is they might criticize us. The second thing is they might appreciate us. And that's again, a, a test that we can see when people appreciate us, whether our heart is humble or is it proud. And uh, in in many places, I think proud is one of the, pride is one of the sin that as often mentioned in Bible that God, I think, hates uh, hates uh, so much. In Proverbs 16:5 says that the Lord detests all proud of what? Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. And God's hatred for pride is as such. But a good test for us would be uh, would be when He says that I am humble and gentle. When people appreciate me, uh, whether I am uh, humble, whether what does that make me feel? Is Does it make me feel that I am great? I think A.W. Tozer, he says that uh, in his book, when people appreciate me, uh, think always that people don't know me as God knows me. And if only God, if people knew as God knew me, they would not give that honor to me and they might give it to someone else. And it's a good way of reflecting on our lives if the people know me as intrinsically as personally as uh, as as god knows me and if they knew me on that level will they give that honor to me and many of the times i think no one could say that we are so perfect that we deserve all the honor and it's only by grace that we are able to uh, uh, live through life which has so much of appreciations for different uh, things and and different times that people appreciate uh, us. The third thing uh, which uh, we uh, see here within this verse that we read today in the reminder of, week, reminder of the week is it talks about uh, he is the only one who can give rest. He says that I will give you rest, not uh, not from any other source. But Jesus is the only one who is going to give us rest and a rest which is permanent, a rest which is not limited to uh, time being. I think there are several other things we see in the world, isn't it? We see meditation classes, we see uh, wellness coaches now uh, coming up, Uh, we see influences. In recent times, if you follow Instagram, Facebook, you see a lot of influences cropping up and often that rest is not permanent and here God promises a rest and he says that I'll give you rest for your soul and that is what he says that and it's only through him I think Bible talks about quite often that he is the only way he is the only life and he is the only truth and he is the only one to provide uh, rest I think last year uh, if you had been following news uh, there was a very powerful celebrity or influences if you are into social media who committed suicide her name was uh, Chesley Trist. She was a Miss USA, she was a motivational speaker, and she was uh, a a attorney in US. And out of the blue, no one expected, uh, she jumped off a high rise and committed suicide. And for the outer world, her life was full of motivation, full of everything going well, uh, uh, which had beauty, which had money, which had followers, and everything, but the heart was not at peace, I think the last post she uh, there is a very good article in New York Times about her, which says that the last post she posted on instagram about it was may you feel. Uh, rest and peace for this day, and the very next step that he she took was uh, to commit suicide so often things pleasures success might not often provide us rest that my our, our heart or our soul might require and it is i think in the worst later part of this verse it says that it is only i that uh, he says that take uh, for i am gentle and humble in heart for uh, heart and you will find rest for your souls and that's only through uh, jesus and uh, it's very interesting that he associates yoke to rest. Yoke is something uh, we associate it with the burden, isn't it? Uh, yoke is heavy when the bullocks or uh, bullocks pull the yoke. Uh, we sometimes feel that it is something very, uh, very heavy for them. They're uh, like struggling to do it. But what here God is saying that uh, His yoke is light. But I think the second thing is expecting us uh, to do is that we need to cooperate to take His yoke. Uh, yoke is pulled by two bullocks so maybe the first bullock is if uh, god himself the second one is something someone who is us and we need to cooperate with him as he take his yoke and he's promising that the yoke will be light but you need to stay with him as he takes you through this uh, journey and i think as we move on to the next point uh, i think a good test for us is uh, for us uh, is to see whether my heart is at rest is also from the uh, parable that Jesus talks about, uh, about two builders, isn't it? He talks about that there were two people who built uh, houses. One of them built their houses on uh, a, uh, on a soil that was shaky, and the other one built on a house uh, which on a foundation that was on top of a hill and which was uh, solid. Just to paraphrase it, maybe the first person build a house on people's opinion. What does people tell about me? What does people talk about me? how should my house look good what will they say about my house while the second one built it on foundation on the word of God on what matters I think the Bible talks about seeking first the kingdom of God and he built the house on that matter and when the storms came the one house which which stood or whether or stood the uh, test of time or test of storm was the house which was built on uh, foundation of of rocks, which was foundation of God. I think that's one reminder that God gives us today that uh, he, is, uh, he wants us to focus on things uh, which are eternal, things which are above, and not on things which are uh, of this uh, world. The third part of this uh, 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 sermon is on uh, God's invitation for perfect rest. And God's uh, talks about this perfect rest in Hebrews that we uh, read uh, today. Uh, if you turn to Hebrews, uh, there is a verse there from Hebrews 3 and 15. And it says that, as has been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. I think as we listen to this sermon, we have seen how God is able to provide rest, how he has intention for good rest and how he is, what are the instructions for a good rest? But he also wants us that if we are able to hear his voice that we do not harden our hearts. I'm not sure how many of us have been enjoying this rest, but if we have not had the experience of uh, accepting our Lord and Savior as Jesus Christ, the Bible is very uh, clear on this terms that, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And if you are trusting him if you believe in him, he's able to provide you eternal life and eternal rest uh, that we are hoping for, and that's the rest that we'll be able to achieve through faith. I think Hebrews 11 talks about so many people, uh, hall of fame of people who experienced, who 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 walked in faith. But at the last, if you see, it says that none of them, uh, none of them enjoyed rest in this world. They waited for a rest, an eternal rest, which was to come, and that rest helped them to go through this journey. I think the first two uh, sections of this sermon we saw about how we could enjoy rest while we are on earth. But I think how the last part of the sermon is about a eternal rest that we need to hope for, which will help us to drive us. I think if you if you are interested in reading novels, uh, so uh, suspense novels, sometimes if the novels are so good that sometimes you might want to go at the end and see how does the story end and then start again. I think for us, uh, we know the end, isn't it? we know the end that how does this our story our life story will end we'll have eternal life with god uh, eternal rest with him and that motivates us to uh, live a life that is worthy of his calling Uh, we we talk about that as we live uh, the bible talks about that as we live we need to be transformed to the image of god and that transformation happens because we know the end, the end that is there for us, the end that we will have eternal life and eternal rest that we will be able to enjoy. And Bible tells in Revelation 3.20, God says that here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with that person and and they with me. He's ready to come to our hearts if we invite him. And if we invite him, he's there with us to give us rest, a rest that we can enjoy and eternal rest. A rest not temporary but an eternal rest. The second thing about God's invitation is His glorious hope and ultimate rest. I think Philippians 3.20, Philippians 3.20 talks about, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelations 2.21.4, uh, it says that He will be with His people, God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. They will, there will be no more death, no more mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. God promises a rest without pain, without tear, and where there is no mourning or crying. And I think to enjoy this rest, He says that you invite Me into My into into your heart, and I will give you the rest that you can uh, enjoy. And and I think as we conclude this uh, sermon, we saw what is this God's uh, God's intention for providing rest. He wanted us to enjoy uh, rest. He wanted our bodies to get rested, but also as we are resting, we remember him and worship him. We saw what are the instructions for rest? We saw that the instruction for rest is that we need to be humble and gentle and believe that only God can provide us uh, rest. And also at the same time, we need to learn or imitate Christ, learn from his life of how he is able to provide rest. And the third part of it, we saw what is the invitation of rest an invitation which is always open, an invitation where we can by faith enter and uh, uh, enter a place which is glorious which is eternal and which is ultimate rest for us a place where we might not have any tears uh, we will not have any pain or any sickness and that is the uh, that is the target that, with uh, to which we all are uh, going uh, towards as we conclude uh, shall we turn to hebrews uh, 12 26 and 28 It says that at at that time His voice shook the earth, but now He has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The word once more indicates removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. I think Bible again reminds us that our hope or to have a rest, your hope should be on things that cannot be shaken. And as we remember as we saw on the story of the person who built on foundation which could not be shaken is the one who uh, whose house stood and i think as times changes as things changes in world we hear about stories of uh, we hear about incidents of war we hear about incidents of markets crashing Uh, things might change worldly things might change but i think what bible says time and again is uh, If you are building your things on things which cannot be shaken, that will remain. Colossians 3, 1 and 2, it says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly uh, things. Where is our life built on? We can use the things of the world, but not build our life on it. God will take away many things, but He will always provide what we need god will provide god might take away many things but he will always prov- build many things in 1800s there was a uh, there was a, a famous businessman in chicago his name was horatio stafford and horatio stafford was a businessman who who was into reality estate business a good christian who was living uh, his life in chicago and as Uh, As as, as, as it is said that he had uh, four daughters and a son, and one of his son uh, died due to scarlet fever. And this is the time when he said to his wife that four daughters and you take a trip to England and uh, uh, try to maybe uh, uh, get well, uh, see the scenery. He was a well-to-do businessman. And it is said that as as his wife and four daughters were going on a ship uh, towards England, towards Europe, uh, the ship sank. And uh, the tragedy is that uh, only his wife could survive and all four of his daughter, daughter perished. And this news comes to her, uh, this uh, guy, Heratio Stafford, and he then takes his trip back from US to go to, uh, go to Europe to meet his wife. And his, as he's on the uh, ship uh, going towards this uh, place, Uh, to Europe to meet his wife the captain of the ship calls him as they are crossing the Atlantic he says to him that he believes this is the space place where his uh, daughter's uh, bodies might be or this is the place where his ship the earlier ship had sank and Horatio Stafford uh, then uh, writes a hymn uh, one of the most famous hymns of Christian uh, uh, that uh, Christian hymns that we sing of and the words of this hymns uh, are like this But Lord, it is for Thee, for Thy coming we wait. The sky, not the grave, is our goal. O trump of the angel, O voice of the Lord, blessed hope, blessed rest my soul. It is well with my soul, it is well with my soul. And the Lord haste the day when the faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well, it is well, it is well with my soul. We might not have faced, Uh, life's difficulty or storms as this person might have endured but I think we could aspire to reach a level of faith when there are little storms a little nudges in our heart or little situations that arise which might cause our hearts to be agitated which might uh, give a little bit of fetter in our hearts we can reflect back and say that uh, is my heart is at rest am I at rest what I should need to do and be at rest and God tells us that uh, he is the one who is able to give us rest a permanent rest and we could imitate him to get that rest and uh, I'll invite the music team to come up and uh, sing the closing hymn and before that let me uh, pray our gracious heavenly Father Lord thank you Lord for this Sunday Lord Lord we thank you for helping us to read from your law the importance of rest a rest that you have designed, a rest that is good, a rest that helps us to reflect on all the things that you are and all the things that you have in store for us, Lord, a rest that we can hope for in the coming days, which we can aspire and which we can build our lives on, Lord, an eternal rest, a rest with no pain, no crying, and no sorrow, a rest that motivates us motivates us to live a life worthy of a calling, a rest that helps us to live a life that uh, that whenever there are small storm, storms in our life, whenever there is a wind in our life, Lord, we know that our eternal trust is there, our eternal rest is in heaven, and it is to that we are going, Lord. But we once again commit all of us into our hands, Lord, as we spend this week, Lord, help us to reflect on these words, help us to build our foundations on things that matter, on things that cannot be shaken, on things that are uh, needed for our lives, Uh, knowing that you are in full control, Lord. Lord, we once again commit all of us into your hands. I ask this prayer in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.